Ridley Scott retire, bitch. What happened here? Well, I didn't have an opening plan for this episode, but let's just take a moment to look back on our year-long adventure with the Alien Retrospective. Oh, let's play some great clips from that right now. Matthew Garingo. Say. Matthew Garingo. What do you want? Tell me about your life. I was born a poor black child. I guess this Alien conversation is basically about how everyone that's tried to imitate Alien has fucking failed. If you haven't seen Aliens and you're listening to this, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, you should start recording, and I'm like, and another thing about the Jews. There's something to be said about the fact that one of the few female action characters kind of dies. I watched the theatrical cut, and they, they make a reference that Whalen Utani's no more, but they don't say why. In the special so, edition, they say... That's right. Well, they went under decades ago. Get them in way before your time. Brought out by Walmart. Fuck this movie. Fuck that right. movie. That's right. We can talk about Prometheus now. Oh, no. I like the counselor a lot. Mm. I'm the guy. Gee, wasn't that great? That was the best. Oh, Whoa. yeah. This going to be Whoa. the most like, haphazard inserts like ever. Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> um, hello, All the again. moments. Welcome back to the Waffle Press Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Crespo, with me to complete, again, the Alien <laughs> Retrospective series. Uh, well, not really retrospective anymore, but anyways. Yeah, whatever. My co-host for this, Matt Garingo. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Welcome <laughs> back. Yes. Uh, we're here to talk about Alien Covenant. It is the movie that basically inspired our Alien Retrospective series. and Wait, did it? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, it kind of. We, we led up to it. Maybe not like the well, inciting incident, but um, just because I kind of like skim through our old episodes, um, and we'll, in the, like the first one, we're talking about the the rumored Alien Five by Neil Blomkamp, <sighs> and I there's no mention of a movie called Alien Covenant. Well, it didn't even have a, a name at the time, did it? Yeah, but I don't think, I think it was like kind of, I don't think it was being filmed when we started. I literally think, but when we recorded the first episode, they were still in pre-production and then the whole movie got finished in between the start of the fucking retrospective. <laughs> and then uh, Neil Blomkamp's Aliens 2 died along the way. Yep. Yeah. For now. For, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's done for as long as... They allowed Ridley Scott to make these movies. Um, it might not be Neil Blumkamp's, but we'll see in Alien 5 at some point. <sighs> I really, really still don't want that. No. And I've heard a lot of people that are unhappy with this movie. Not everyone, obviously, because mm -hmm. everyone's different. Uh, they're like, we got this instead of Aliens 2. Mm -hmm. And they're like upset about that because everyone always mentions wanting to see like Hicks and Newt back fighting aliens alongside Ripley. And then... To that, I, I mean, we talked about it. Like, that's not what the franchise yeah. is. I'll say I, I did. Know, like I do not. Weird. There's no part of me that wants that. 
<laughs> it is not what I want. So yeah, it, it, it's no, it, that's not Alien. That's that's a video game. Yeah, you know, I work on Aliens, and each movie has done something mostly different since. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> there there are similarities. I mean, every Alien movie kind of has the same rough structure. Yeah, they but, do. I think we're going to talk about that because the first thing you told me after you watched Alien Covenant was they shot it out of the airlock. Shot out of the goddamn airlock again. Yeah, which, uh, full spoiler. Just I'll put it in the, the header too. But yeah, yeah you should probably spoiler. have seen this movie if you're going to listen to this. Yeah, because we just um, talk from top to bottom about these Alien movies, and yeah. we're going to do that for this one too. All right. So yeah, it got shot out of the goddamn airlock again. <laughs> um, well, Diego, what did you think of the movie? I want to hear like your full kind of take on it. Uh, I really liked it. I I probably love it. I I haven't stopped thinking about it since I watched it. Uh, it is it's got like the bold ambition of Prometheus, but with like the alien tropes in there, and it introduces. Well, I mean, the it didn't introduce the character, but. It makes me realize how much more I love David from Prometheus when I we talked about him on the show and how great of a villain this character is. And it made me like, well, what I was scared they were going to do was reveal the origins of the Xenomorph, and they did. And I actually liked it. And I didn't think I would ever like that if someone did it. So here we are. I'm in a weird space where I even appreciate Prometheus a bit more. I think. It's exciting when it needs to be, and I think it's dark. It's it's the darkest of the series, along with Alien Three, without a doubt. Um, just not all across the board like Alien Three. But in a nutshell, yeah, I I really liked it. How about you? Um, Ridley Scott retire, bitch. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't like it. <laughs> It left the least impression on me on it, of any of the films we've watched. Wow! Even after like, I, uh, Resurrection, even well, Resurrection was just like unbelievable in how awful it was. Like, oh my god, they let that out. Um, <laughs> but this one, I was kind of like the whole movie. I'm just like, it's competently made. It moves at a decent enough pace. And I just, it was just deeply uninteresting. <laughs> I, I, there were fleeting moments. Kind of cool. And then, <laughs> and then mostly I'm just like, these scenes just keep happening. And I know how every scene's going to end before they even start. And I want to go. And I'm like, I know how this movie's gonna end. It's gonna go out of the goddamn airlock. Like, I'm not like I, I said that kind of as a joke, but like after a while, every scene was kind of like, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and like from the moment like duplicate Michael Fassbender shows up looking like a sorcerer, <laughs> you know he's like up to some shit. And uh, I don't know. It just it really didn't do much for me. Although it made Prometheus a little more, a little better. Um, but at the same time, I just realized, I just realized I don't care about this whole tangent that these last two Alien movies have gone on. I don't think they're interesting. 
and I don't think these films are engaging. And I don't remember any of the characters' names, except Tennessee, and because one character was named Dallas. Remember that? Yeah. In one of the earlier films. So now there's a guy. Is there, do they just name kids after states? I guess that would make sense if you're a spacefaring civilization, but whatever. Um, so I remember Tennessee as a name. I remember a girl. Daniels. I, was that it? Daniels, yeah. Uh, that's that, okay. that is, that's a, an issue I have with the film, too. There's a lot of the alien movies after uh, Aliens have this problem. Like, Aliens does it really well, where there's, like, a bunch of characters, and they're all mostly notable. Like, you, you mm-hmm. can tell who you're going to follow, but even, like, the supporting cast, when the action starts, like, they just they just lose all the character fat in that scene. It's great. And I thought Alien Covenant was going to do that, too, in the first Xenomorph or Neomorph attack. <laughs> and then they just, like, keep all these extra characters around. It's like, why are you here? Like, you, yeah. just, you don't mean anything here. And, well, uh, like, when that, when that attack happens in the field like but when it's over they're like we've lost five men i'm like i couldn't even keep count <laughs> like who was who i didn't realize people had died i like because they're just so faceless yeah and like literally and stuff just happens to these characters no one is driven in the film except david which is a positive. I will say David is very fleshed out and is the most interesting part of this film. But the whole movie just seems to be like a bunch of scenes that are trying to link together David monologues. Like, so he can quote fucking Paradise Lost again. Actually, it's... Which uh, doesn't make sense. It didn't really... Well, yeah, but he quotes Paradise Lost, too. I missed that, I guess. Um, Better to... Sir, to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't fit, but whatever. <laughs> um, Wait, you don't think that, you don't think that fits? Well, I mean, it kind of does, but like, there's no like. He wasn't like a like he was kind of a servant, but he wasn't like. And he's not ruling these aliens. He's just making them. And then they go ape shit, and then he's like, I've created the perfect being. And I'm like, I think you got to go back to the fucking drawing board, buddy. <laughs> All they seem to do is come alive and go ape shit. And that's about it. I think you're spitballing here, and you don't really understand what you're doing. And he's like, I'm crazy. And I'm like, okay, I guess that justifies none of this making sense. Well, I mean, he is crazy, but I don't, I don't think that's like, it's not just like a hand-waving thing away. You know, like a lot of like big budget movie villains nowadays. You're like, well, oh, I'm so crazy, and then they'll just do some crazy stuff, and then you have the big third act finale. Like this one has mm. that, but it's it's not a it's not an excuse. It's like it, it drives the narrative. And I will no, say that no, go ahead. He's very much always plotting and scheming in ways that do make sense. Not mm-hmm. like he he wasn't like completely ludicrous, but it's just like it's tr- it. it it, it, there's a good movie around that. <laughs> like, the idea of just an AI fucking up just because you gave it the ability to create. Like, that's really cool and scary. And trying to shove it into this xenomorph size, like this peg into a xenomorph-shaped hole. 
doesn't work. It's just it's two very incompatible things, in my opinion. And it leads to a very poorly structured and poorly paced film filled with characters you don't remember except the actors who played them. And then you're shocked Damien Bashir made it as long as he did. Yeah, that was a big surprise for me. Whose name I don't know. I don't none of the I don't even I don't want to go on too many rants just yet. But like I didn't hate this thing. I was just very bored. And I just don't care. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like this makes like the difference between this and Prometheus is this one does make sense. And it explains enough. I just don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> who cares? Why did this story need to be told? What is interesting about this in the context of the Alien franchise? Because I don't think it's that interesting. And it, like, and see, it, I'm on the flip side of that, obviously. Because I, I, I find it really interesting. And I, I would have hated hearing like, oh, Alien Covenant is going to reveal the history of the Xenomorphs and where they come from. Like that, that is not something that would have sold me on this. That would have made me not watch it. But I, I, the way it plays out, I guess, and I'm, I, when I watched it the first time, because I remember how much you love robots and science fiction, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, at least I know what parts Matt is going to like. Mm-hmm. And I do think that was also the best part parts of the movie when David is basically both Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster, but in space after his weird at the mountains of madness in space adventure, you know, like, you, but, like the way you just described that just makes me hate. this. Movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, fucking Frankenstein. Let's <laughs> just keep, Frankenstein. That's a fucking well we can keep, keep digging. That's a good well. I guess, but fucking do something differently. <laughs> fucking, there's a lot. Ah, fuck. I didn't need a Frankenstein story in the alien. And it's not like, I'm not like sitting here as like an alien fan, like, this ruins the integrity of alien. I don't think that's true because it's very easy to ignore <laughs> these two movies. Mm-hmm. I just don't like, it's like kind of like they go like, like when David's like, ha ha, here's the alien eggs that I've made. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> like, like, literally, like, nothing, like, none of these revelations were like, oh my God, he's been doing this. Like, it's very obvious he's evil, like, the moment he shows up. I mean, not even, like, the beginning sets him up as evil. But, and then, uh... yeah, no, see, that's the thing, like, it's not. There, there are supposed to be like two moments in the movie that, that I think are misinterpreted as supposedly big reveals. Like, you know, David's evil. Like, he's clearly the villain of the movie. Um, and then later in the end, when um, David and Walter, the other Robert, or Michael Fassbender, AI, mm-hmm. they, uh, they have their fight and then David sneaks on board the ship as Walter, right? And I, I think the tension from that stuff comes from knowing that that's going to happen. The big reveal is going to happen. And so you're just waiting for the hammer to drop, you know? Yeah. Knowing the twists before it's like 10 minutes before it reveals definitely didn't make that ending feel long at (laughs) all. I wasn't sitting there going, Oh my God, is this thing still going? And I guess these aliens burst out of chess at (laughs) times that inconsistent times and then grow in uh, what the fuck? 
don't think that's get to that shower scene, I'm just like, like Green, like it, uh, it's so boring, and the fucking xenomorph looked terrible. Like just seeing it, like in its full form, standing upright, like it loses all its menace, and everything about the xenomorph that made it scary, and made it like on like what made that thing frightening is just completely lost in how it is shot in this movie. Like fucking I'm gonna I'm fucking serious when I say this. Alien versus Predator shot the Xenomorph better than this film does. Oof, I can't wait to talk about that one eventually. I'm fucking serious, dude. <laughs> like like they knew how to film that thing because they basically just ripped off every great scene from the Alien franchise. <laughs> but at least they fucking kept it Menacing. Ugh. You thought that you'd like think the xenomorph looked good? I think I I was way more interested in how the the neomorphs were. were When you say neomorph, I also want to like stab this movie. Stab it. Do it. It's like I don't care. I still love it. But uh, no, I I actually would have preferred not seeing the xenomorph in this movie and just having these weird new off-brand aliens. That David's trying. So at the end of the movie, you still have the same movie, right? But instead of another xenomorph getting onto the ship, you have uh, another one of the the neomorphs, and um, and then you know you get to go on the next movie, and David's like, oh, it's not quite right yet. I need need to tinker it a little bit still with the two thousand colonists hold, he's holding hostage now, and it's gonna turn into weird shit probably. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like you're just not into that at all. Like you're just. Well, I, no, I I think here's the thing. The the ending of this movie was one of those things where it was like, like when like you know the final reveal, mm-hmm. and then like David's basically you know like, like stops himself short of saying I've got a lot of work to do, um, which was a line I kept waiting for, but thankfully they didn't say it. <laughs> uh, that's a great ending. That's a great way to end this movie, and it's super scary, and it's super like oh it's but it's just. Just the road to get to it. Just I like. I wish it was a completely original film, and not connected to the Alien films. You know, like like how how so? Like same structure, but just take out the Xenomorphs. Yeah, like and just have them be like like just bring the black goo in. Just make the black goo a different alien thing. Hmm. Just just make it like just make it the thing. (laughs) This could have been a good thing movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually want to, I, that's a big part of my notes that I saw. Uh, when Back when we were doing the Alien 3 talk, way back when, and I was editing the video together, and we, you mentioned that there is a draft with a, a, a different type of xenomorph that breaks out like people's spines. William Gibson wrote two drafts that are pretty similar, uh, where they um, Hicks was going to be the main character, Bishop was going to be there. Uh, the aliens were going to be uh, genetically modified. In a way, and they weren't gonna. There were gonna be no face huggers. I think there were face huggers in the first draft, but by the second draft, they had cut them. And the way the the new aliens arise is that they're like this airborne pathogen, and a couple of crew members breathe it in, and then at some point later in the film, they kind of burst out from like these fully formed aliens burst out of these people's bodies. Like over their skeletons, connected with like, something in the atmosphere, and it's like, oh, that's an alien covenant. So that like that makes me really happy to see that idea portrayed. Mm. What do you think about the um that that medical bay scene? 
Um, because I think that's a lot of people's highlight of the movie, even people that aren't crazy about it. Um, it's the bloodiest scene in the movie. <laughs> um, you know what was a shot I really liked in this movie? That was like genuinely unsettling. Um, I'll, I'll, I will. I have stuff to say about the medical base scene, but uh, the neomorph. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I don't yeah, even know. A little white one. Um, when it's just standing there, there's one shot where it's just standing there with like its face completely closed, and just the white like roundness of it. Um, this is like much. This is a little later, um, and I think David ends up talking to it, uh, like trying to like communicate with it because he's like in love with his creation. Mm-hmm. Um, like I thought that was like a genuinely unsettling shot. Uh, just because it's like kind of like it's kind of human, but also not, you know, it like rides that fine line. I guess you could say it's uh, alien. Well, it's not. Well, it's it's engineered. Okay. It's an it's alien. the aliens. Sure. The alien and the alien films are no longer aliens. Alien in nature. No. Yeah. It's a double no. entendre. Well, now it's a single entendre. Okay, well, <laughs> it's not because it's only one of those things now. <laughs> true, true. Um, so I'm really glad to know that now. Thanks, Ridley Scott. Um, but all right, all right. Let's, this is somewhere I really, I really do not know how fair or unfair I'm being to a movie when I'm watching a science fiction film. And these are supposed to be, you know, colonists, you know, and I'm guessing they have a game plan Mm -hmm. for when they get to the planet they're going to. And except when they get there in the movie with, you know, they take a detour, but when they get to a planet in the movie, they feel like they're just winging it and take no safety precautions and like, like I saw people being like, "Oh, you're gonna criticize a gorgeous-looking Ridley Scott film for characters making dumb decisions," and I'm like, "Yeah, like I, it's not that they're making dumb decisions; they're not making any decisions. Like they're not going like, okay, when we land, here's the game plan. Like let's you know set up a perimeter, let's you know set up some housing, or let's you know make sure we can actually breathe the atmosphere. Let's do a couple tests." Like, real quick. Like, even if they just go, like, like the scanning device says everything's good. Then I'm like, okay. But, they like, it just feels like, and they're just like, all right, we landed. Hey, look, wheat. Hey, look, an alien ship. You felt it was like very, keep, like, just by the motions? Yeah, by the motions. And they're making discoveries that are, like, reality-altering. Like, the, they mention the planet they're going to, they're going to have to terraform before they can even land on it. And suddenly they find this planet that not only can they go on immediately, they can, there's fucking, hum, there's wheat on it, which means that someone's been there. And everyone just goes like, hey, look, wheat. It's like, isn't it weird that that's out here? And that's about it. Like, it doesn't get, like, literally, the moment you find wheat is when you have to, like, let's stop the brakes for a second. <laughs> like, this shouldn't be here. Like, are we in the right place? Like, let's double check our readings. Let's do something. Let's just scan if there's any, like, signals around here other than this one. And then you walk a little further and you find an alien spaceship 
And everyone's just like, wow, look at that. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, like that's it. Like, like I get it, an alien. They find a ship, but they're not like they're reacting like, can you believe this? Like, it's a scary situation. And they're, they're acting cautious and alien. And they're just trying to find a source of a signal, which they s- seems to be a distress signal. Well, the, the same uh, circumstances still apply here. Remember, because look, got, I think there's a couple things people should take into consideration is that they just lost a handful of people after some, some solar storm or something in space, right? And then James Franco gets a paycheck and dies in like five seconds. And it's like mm-hmm. the saddest cameo ever. <laughs> I don't know um, what that was all about. I don't even care, uh, though. Yeah, I, I got no idea. Um, I'll go back to that, too. But when they're going down to the planet, like, they're they're not being dumb. I think they're acting out of fear just because well, no, they don't want to go back to sleep in that there's t- environment anymore. There's totally a great setup with, look, do we really want to risk another, you know, seven-year trip? They basically say they have seven years to their destination. Mm-hmm. Where anything can go wrong, like that, what just happened, like we're already kind of limping to the finish line here. Or do you do we want to take a chance on this planet that, by all indications, by these scans, is totally fine? That's a to- I'm totally fine with that setup. I'm not like I'm not against them going to the planet. I just think that once they get there, like maybe just send, you know, the guys who seem to be like cops. <laughs> I don't know what they are. They have guns. Uh, um, it's supposed to be security. People, I mean that the characterization is is kind of weak in in the movie. For the most yeah, just send them, yeah. and send like three of them. Don't send your whole crew because you need those people. Mm-hmm. Like you need the botanist. Like you don't need the botanist on the planet. Yeah. You need the botanist up on the ship and bring them down later when you've secured the area. And I'm just saying, like you would think these people had would have some sort of game plan, and even if. Even in Prometheus, when they made dumb decisions, there was always like they were kind of being chastised for it, and there was kind of like they had an attitude of like, you know, what we're gonna just we're take we're rebels, we're gonna take risks, which you know kind of made that a little bit all right. It just made you hate those characters, <laughs> and like Billy Crudup is totally in the position of being like, you know, like you know, Damien Bashir could have been like, hey, I don't think it's safe to do it the way you're doing it. And Billy Crudup's like, I'm in charge. <laughs> Like, you know, he's kind of got, like, a hard-on for wanting people to respect him, so it might lead to him making bad decisions. But it's never, it's never treated like he's making bad decisions. It's, it's barely treated like he's making desperate posi- decisions. It kind of just feels like they're like, oh, let's go. <laughs> like, there's one moment when the girl, that one girl objects, the, the, the main girl. Daniels. And that's the only scene. I'm not going to remember her name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, let me ask you and, this. What did you like about the movie? Um, I like David. I thought the idea of like just giving him the ability to create and then kind of giving him access to world-altering weapons and, you know, buy like all of this sort of biological material. I thought that was really interesting. I like I wish it had been in a better movie. I like the black goo a lot in this one. I I didn't care for it Prometheus cuz I was just like, why? Um, but here it feels like like a scary entity now, like just the the visual of that little the spores entering people's like nasal cavities or their ears. 
and it's just mm-hmm. like it, it's really unsettling to me. I don't I I really like uh, really Scott just diving horror with this one. Like it, it's genuinely like it reminded me of like Cronenberg, the the medical base scene specifically. I guess, but but again, like I, I it it I felt detached from it because I'm like these people should be wearing helmets. Like I'm sorry, I it, I know that's like a very like if he, I I don't think it's a nitpick though to go like these people should be a little more precaution like to the point where so when they get infected I'm like of course you did <laughs> like what the fuck did you read about what happened when we came over to the Americas like that seems that should have been in your template like you know what happened when we tried to colonize the new world like oh everyone died <laughs> <laughs> like literally like twelve people lived in Jamestown after one year. And they brought over hundreds, like, yeah, <laughs> maybe think. And now, and that was just across an ocean. <laughs> now imagine that, like, in space. And they're not. And these people don't seem to be at like the whims of like a Whalen Utani type group. That like would make like you know rush decisions or like you know, being like, oh, we got to get there before <laughs> I don't know the Russians get there or some bullshit, like. <laughs> Um, like there's no like there's no like corporate hack like rushing like really dangerous decisions and it just it it, it rings hollow and it makes all the characters feel cardboard like because they're not doing things that would like because they're not going there no one who went there signed up for the horrific alien adventure (laughs) but that's all they seem to be equipped for and until they get there, they have nothing to do. Like, shouldn't they have been doing other things when they landed that, like, maybe would have been what they did when they landed on the planet they were going to? Uh, well, they weren't there to terraform it right away. Remember, they were searching for the, the signal. that they. Yeah, and again, but again, why bring the whole crew? Fair point. Like, send, yeah. send two guys. Like, that's all you need. More than two. If there's like a a missing signal from a, a human being mm. across the galaxy, I, I could see sending more people. I I don't get why you send all those people because the the only crew members that stay on board uh, the Covenant are one of them being yeah. Danny McBride with with his awesome hat. But yeah, it's that's a little, I guess. Well, I'm just saying, like it. Leads to characters like they don't, they don't act like their job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like the captain doesn't act like the captain even. And I get it; he's not the real captain because James Franco died. But like, that's a. I thought that was a great setup at the beginning. Like, suddenly there's a guy who kind of feels like this, you know, power void, and he's kind of struggling to fill it. But that doesn't really go anywhere. Neither does his fucking comment where he's like, the reason they don't trust me is because I'm a man of faith. And that goes, like, literally nowhere. He's a man of faith, but also doesn't believe in luck, which is interesting, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And he's also written by, like, a man of faith by, like, someone who's never been faithful in their entire life. Well, how's that? I don't know what... Like... He's just like, I'm a man of faith. That's not what faithful people are like. 
You know, the, he would have said something like, you know, I trust God in this situation. He would have been more specific about what he has faith in. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what, does he believe Jesus is actually going to, like, help him in this situation? Which a lot of people do in stressful situations. I mean, there are, you know, I mean, about 75% of the politicians out there will say in, like, every speech that they believe what they're doing is God's will. Mm-hmm. And so, he, like, he could have just said something like that. And what if the fuck happened in the future where we're prejudiced, like we're prejudiced towards people of faith? Like, like that's never existed for Christianity in like modern in the modern world. Like, was there like a Christian uprising that went really bad? Is this like the aftermath of the Handmaiden's Tale? <laughs> okay, I, just I, think, get- I think this last part kind of a nitpick though. I, I've I can understand where you're coming from in how the story or the movie doesn't fully uh, divulge its ideas on faith entirely with the character. But I mean, that last, the last bit feels a little, but why bring it up? I feel like originally there was more for the character to do when talking to uh, David. Because mm. David, while not driven by faith, he's driven by the desire to create. You know, what he creates is ultimately a destructive force. It's on the nose, but it's kind of biblical because if you read the Bible, that shit ain't subtle. And um, there's this really interesting idea where, uh, you know, the, something that humanity creates ultimately is leading to their destruction and has already destroyed their creators. And by the way, is that is that like it for the engineers then? Like, was this their home planet? Or well, did they just like, oh, we got to close off Loop from Prometheus because people wanted to see an alien sequel? There's a two-minute clip in this movie that I guarantee was the script, Paradise Lost. <laughs> like, that I, I mentioned in the Prometheus video. Yeah. Like, that's what that is. It's Paradise Lost. And they just said, fuck it, let's skip the Covenant. Which also, <laughs> all right, back up, because Covenant is a religious word. Yeah. So why is he the only one of faith? And also, there's a girl with a Jewish star that they, like, make sure you notice that she's wearing. And that goes nowhere either. I just don't, like, really, Scott throws out all these pointed references, and they add up to nothing. And it just frustrates me. Because it feels feels very much like a guy who's, like, (laughs) like, thinks it's really interesting that God spelled backwards his dog. (laughs) <laughs> like that's about as deep as this movie gets in terms of religious shit and it doesn't seem to understand people of faith or people who lack faith it doesn't seem to understand human beings in general which might explain why the androids are the best written characters in this film I think the characters as a whole are still the weakest parts of the film I think when it's not spending time explaining things it's showing it very well but it all it all revolves around no it's not you don't think so (laughs) no i don't think if the problem is you're occupying the frame with these characters (laughs) like it's not something you can just brush aside and be like yeah i know the characters suck but the the grander picture of this is you know and i'm not asking for like deep characters I see characters that function like human beings. And like the, like the thing is they, you know, 
like when you know David shows up and they get whisked away, and they suddenly end up in you know the the fucking engineer center where there's all these corpses, and suddenly the like the remnants of an alien civilization. Literally, no one asks what it is. No one goes, "What is this place?" That all happens later, but only between David and the other robot. Like the like the moment I walked into a room that's like nothing but tens of thousands of corpses in this courtyard, <laughs> I want to be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, am I literally in hell now? Like, because that's the first thing I would think. <laughs> like, have we literally did we find hell? Did we end up? in hell but no one asks anything and they just go all right yeah we're here now thanks oh you're from the prometheus that ship that went missing okay i trust you (laughs) yeah it's just i don't know it's and it's it's not frustrating in the way prometheus was because i don't feel like Prometheus made you feel like every like really pointed reference added up to something, and like Alien Covenant doesn't feel that way. You kind of get you get the gist of what's going on, even if you don't totally understand all the subtext that's getting thrown at you. Mm-hmm. It's just not that interesting. Wow, we are very much on the opposite. I think this is the first time in the Alien series that we've done that we're like total opposites. Like Alien Resurrection, I think we deferred, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a whole other. I think I won thing. you over on Alien Resurrection a little bit. I fucking hated talking fuck, about it because fuck that movie. <laughs> See that one, I think is boring. This, I, I, I think it's just so. It, I don't know if it's it's all really goofy. Like it's not like totally like a prestige picture, or it's filmed like a prestige picture. But the concepts are obviously like really fucking silly. And I don't think th- I actually don't think that. No, I think there's some really like you could have gotten a whole movie out of a lot of these ideas without the xenomorphs. Oh, you totally like, could. F- fucking cut like literally everything, <laughs> and just make the movie David talking to his counterpart. That's a whole movie. You could have done that, and like David's like 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 put everyone in cryo sleep. And just have like, and David slowly like muscling his way into taking over the cryopods. That sounds like a like a really weird version of Moon. Yeah, see, and like Moon's fucking great. <laughs> Do Moon, and then have Moon have the literal darkest ending imaginable. <laughs> but that doesn't sell tickets, and you can't put the xenomorph on the poster. That's true, and apparently that's not even helping the movie domestically. Like internationally, yeah, it it's gonna make it its money back, but uh, it did it did less than Prometheus did. Yeah, which is which, shocking. Which he, which shows they either like blew their load on Prometheus, and now no one trusts them, or that people actually want they don't want another Alien movie. <laughs> <laughs> which goes to your point, uh, how you were saying throughout the entire retrospective that you you think the Alien franchise might be done for a little while. I think it's completely done. I think just stop all, like, put the brakes on everything. Don't make another one for a long time. Like, literally the last Alien movie I could be interested in seeing, like, concept-wise, 
is the alien, the aliens finally getting to Earth. Like, that's the last movie I can think of that I'd be that interested in seeing. It's funny that you mentioned that because Ridley Scott in an interview uh, mentioned that, um, like, offhandedly, but, you know, in a Ridley Scott way, uh, at the end of the day, he wants to make it War of the Worlds. You know? Oh, but oh with, fuck me. You're incre- both as a, a producer, exec producer, and a director, you're incredibly prolific, but you're not a man that usually goes back onto old ground. No. So what, what was it about the alien kind of universe that have, that's made you instill this passion in you to create several more movies? Frus- uh, frustration. I, I felt it wasn't shouldn't be dead and it should be running. Star Wars is still running. I mean, the alien franchise should be into War of the Worlds now. That's where I'm going. Is that is that the plan? Because I've, right. I've heard the next one is what they, you've... Uh, they don't know yet, but that's perhaps. what we're doing, Fox. Which is the exact wrong take <laughs> to do. Fucking really Scott retire, bitch. Okay, so why? before I get into more reasons why I like it, because I've just kind of let you off the chain right now, but um, why, why is War of the Worlds with Aliens the wrong direction? Well, War of the Worlds is a very... I mean... <laughs> Yeah, that conjures up just images of, like, the tripods and, you know, lasers. And, like, I'm thinking in that terms, and it also has, like, the biggest cop-out ending ever. Um, Which made sense when the book was written in, like, 1889 or whatever. Um, Which is crazy to think about how old that book is. Um, Great book. You all should read it, even though it's, you know, got some social Darwin racism in it, but whatever. (laughs) Um, I just feel like it'd be like, I was like, I think of like an outbreak type movie, you know, like it, I think it would play out more like 28 days later than war of the worlds. That sounds like extremely my shit because I am a huge fan of 28 days later. And I personally think we need more good outbreak movies. Mm-hmm. Like the last good one was uh, Contagion. Yeah. Well, remember, uh, oh, yeah, Contagion was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like, like, remember, you know, like, the thing, remember the thing, the whole threat of, like, what happens if it gets to a civilized area, like how we're all dead? Yeah. The moment that happens, like, so, like, imagine that scenario. With the alien. And now that you've added, like, all this black goo nonsense, like, you can do all sorts of, like, fucked up horrifying shit. Yeah. Like, just, like, have it, like, slowly mixing with, like, all life on Earth. Like, you get some nightmarish shit in it. Mm-hmm. Like, what would a bird look like? Uh, like, I, I know yeah. uh, there's, there had, like, a lot of old toys from the alien days. Like, it's all over, the, like, the Xeno Wikipedias and whatnot. It's, like, flying xenomorphs and bull and elephants you know more some weird shit like they look like little kid toys but with someone who's like committed and like uh, a really good visualist like, yeah really uh, um no that could make that could be some some really creepy imagery get the people who work with ridley scott and then leave ridley scott <laughs> locked in a room with some crayons um, oh, no, see, i i wanted to at least finish like this prequel trilogy no, I don't I, want I another really, one. I'm I'm done. It, I'm very so done. Bad. I want it so badly. I don't want to. I don't want to f- get to the point where we're on LV four twenty six. Uh, I I have a theory about I that. I don't need I'll to know until later. I don't need to know how that happens. 
Okay. Um, but well, let's talk about that stuff it, at the end of the episode. Let me let me explode with joy at Alien Covenant. <clears throat> Why? Introduction aside, I think the character introductions, like the characterizations themselves, are weak. There's that little YouTube clip of them at their Last Supper, right? And that should have been in the movie, just to give you a hint of how these people get along with one another. Oh fuck. Sorry, no, no. <laughs> last last supper just made me go like, like fucking ouch. <laughs> like fucking keep in mind, this is the same franchise where one of those engineers is supposed to be Jesus. Oh yeah, that is like that derails all of this. Bad. <laughs> I, like, I like that. The, there's your argument against bad. Ridley Scott having anything to do with these films. <laughs> that is the dumbest idea ever. It's. It doesn't come into play at all. It's it doesn't it doesn't bother me. It it's is dumb. moronic. It's fine. I leave it as is. Um, where was I? Okay, yeah, uh, sloppy introductions. But once the movie gets going and it starts ratcheting up the tension, like I, I, Prometheus did this really well for me at the end too. And you said that's where you tapped out extra in that movie. I mm-hmm. think when Scott focuses like on building this horror momentum. And he starts really like tightening, like the guitar strings, of like the movie, and like it just it literally bursts from the screen for me. Like I was on the edge of my seat, holding my breath when uh, the neomorph starts like bursting out of the guy's back, and it's just oh, it's so gnarly. It it rivals the uh, the cesarean section scene for me in Prometheus, which I just did not expect would be touched at all because that scene fucked me up forever. Uh, and I'm, I really love David, and I love, you brought it up earlier, how it looks like these characters wandered into hell. And again, it's not subtle, but I, I'm fascinated with this idea in the Alien series where there's always aliens as the villains, but there's always a second villain. And in the original trilogy, it's Wayland yutani And in Alien Resurrection, it's fucking everyone fucking up in life and the production. But in the prequel trilogy, it looks like David is that secondary antagonist, or maybe even uh, the foremost antagonist. In this case, the aliens and the engineers and everything else, they're secondary to him. And it's really his story more so than the discovery of the xenomorphs. And so he creates this own version of hell, you know, but with weird Lovecraftian space monsters instead of... uh, Don't, don't. Don't what? mention Lovecraft. How you don't, dare you, don't... you? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> Lovecraft was a horrible racist, but how oh, dare you besmirch his name by <laughs> <laughs> connecting into these films? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I find it so fascinating uh, that this character, he's basically like space lucifer now instead of a fallen angel he's a twisted android who wants to destroy and create and just complete a circle of life because he's usually with like a a robot type character the the position a writer or creator puts him in is uh they want to be the only thing that matters like you saw that with ultron most recently you know and that that can get kind of boring but here he just wants to be better he doesn't want to be the only thing, but he wants to be the best thing. And that, that's a really great villain motivation. It, it's so simple and yet not. 
you know? Sure. I lost um, you, like, way back then, huh? Yeah, a little. I mean, okay. I think there might be a little more going on with David than you're giving him credit for. Um, but that's a whole, like, I, I'm, I could go on, like, a million tangents about artificial intelligence and film. And when I do that, I'm supposing Ridley Scott also had these conversations, which I very much doubt he did, <laughs> considering the other stuff in this movie. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, like, like, the thing you mentioned is, like, there's, you know, like, the moment when, like, shit, the shit hits the fan moment, when, like, the two guys, like, basically explode. Um, and there's like the rush to the medical bay thing and like, Oh, we got a quarantine. Although no one ever says quarantine. Um, Do they not? But she's like, sworn. She, the girl literally goes like, don't let him touch anything, which is hysterical. Cause he's like literally touching everything, <laughs> um, which I'm fine with. That's totally fine. Like, yeah. cause that's kind of like on purpose. Yeah. And I, I kind um, of, uh, I get very defensive about that scene. Like I, I get the, the terraforming stuff in the first expeditionary force, like, all right, maybe they, they should have probably taken extra precautions and maybe that's just uh, kind of lazy screenwriting or whatever. But, like, in that scene, when shit's hitting the fan and everyone's horrified and things are bursting out of people's bodies and it's just nothing like anything you've ever seen before, like, you, I get that. That's People are horrified. I get being panicked. I get being panicked, but it felt like maybe they should have had at least, like, one thing. But I don't know. Um... Like when she, slips so on the, out, when she slips on the blood and then she shoots up in the, into the ceiling and then just like she hurts her foot on the way out. Like it's that's that's hilarious. But I also like I relate. Sure. I make bad decisions under pressure, too. Yeah. I wasn't sure about the idea of them bringing guns to space, but I, I guess if you're going to be dealing with. What is it like 2000 people? Mm -hmm. Um. I guess maybe have 12 shotguns. Yeah. <laughs> um, and assault rifles or whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever the fuck. Um, but I don't know, like, I just, it's hard to explain. Like, that's where it got, like, I, I'll have to rewatch it to, to figure out exactly what didn't work for me. Because mm -hmm. you don't realize the movie's not working until it doesn't work, you know? Because, like, I'm watching the movie, and, you know, that that all that shit goes down, and the ship blows up, and now they're stuck, and fucking there's two fucking albino things running around. <laughs> and you're, like, I, and I, that should be the moment where I'm, like, you know, fucking what the fuck? Like, I should be on the edge of my seat. And I'm just not. And I don't know why. I can't tell you why it didn't totally work for me. Yeah, I'd be really interested in hearing your thoughts if you ever rewatch it. Because for me, that's exactly how I felt. I was just like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> to paraphrase you. And just, uh, yeah. I, I was losing my, myself in the audience. And also, this is the first official Alien movie I've seen in theaters. Which, oh, hey, which was a go. really cool experience. Just as a, a quick tangent. Um, and so, like, when the, the Alien egg reveal happens, you're like, oh, of course. And then uh, the, the egg opens up, and Billy Crudup is like, uh, what's that? And he's like, oh, look inside. It's safe. Like, everyone's just kind of chuckling because it's, like, total fucking bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, was, that was just fun, that experience. Yeah, I don't, I don't get those moments because I've seen a, a couple alien films in theaters. Um, I saw AVP in theaters. I mean, Jesus. 
The first one or the um, second one? The first one. I ne- I've never seen the second one. Oh, God. It's, it's um, so, I, we'll talk about that eventually. But it's Actually, I've, I've, I've tried watching it, but it was so dark I couldn't tell what was happening. Yeah, um, that's the whole movie. <laughs> so uh, I maybe watched it, and I just don't remember any of it. Uh, but like, 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 I don't have those fanboy moments. They've kind of been lost on me. Of like, holy shit, it's opening up. <laughs> like, like it was just kind of like, and also that was in the preview, which I desperately tried to avoid. But at, towards the end, like they became like unskippable ads mm-hmm. on every website. So I saw that alien egg open it up like a dozen times. So I'm like, I know this scene's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, just like how you, if, if you any of the trailers, you know that the Xenomorph makes it back onto the, the Covenant ship. Yeah. Kind of sells a different movie. Maybe that's, <laughs> why, maybe that's why I just wasn't in it, because I, like, in the back of my head, like, I wasn't actively thinking it. Although the moment I did start thinking about stuff in the preview was after they, uh, they killed the one. They killed one of those Xenomorphs. Um, and it looks like everything's good now. And I was like, wait a minute, wasn't there like a shower scene in one of those previews? <laughs> and I'm like, did they cut that? That's weird. And then, then that scene, you know, of course happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only time I like actively thought about the previews. But maybe I was keeping all the stuff I remember from trailers in the back of my head. And that was affecting my enjoyment of the movie. Because I, I think I only like like actively watched the first preview that came out. And I think that even that gives too much away. Yeah. Um, in, in hindsight, they, they needed better trailer editors. And the first trailer is okay. It's a cool little announcement, but the second one, I think yeah. is way better. And that gives way too much away. And you don't even realize it when you're watching it. At least yeah. For the that's most why part. I avoided it. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised at how much they gave away. Like it's, it's shocking. And so that might have affected, like, my enjoyment on a, like, visceral sense mm-hmm. of, like, the tension. Because I knew, you know, I mean, I saw the ship blowing up in the first preview, so I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, and, and it's what I worried about in the, in the preview. It's cut the same way the scene is in the movie. Like, the order of her shooting the gun and then the ship blows up. And yeah. I was like, oh, there's no way that they just gave that away. And they did. <laughs> the only thing that they avoided, thankfully, was I thought that was the main ship. So I didn't realize that, you know, we'd be having what's his. I thought that was like they were literally showing me the end of the movie. I didn't realize that was the end of like the first act. So yeah, that was at least that was at least welcome. Yes, it's weird because they don't give any of the middle act stuff away. Yeah, like, not really. They give you glimpses of like the necropolis and. Mm. um uh, you get like glimpses of David, but you don't get full David stuff, which is it's just really cool. At least, you know, if they had to save something, that's the, that's the stuff you want to save. That's yeah, that's the stuff you want to save. They only showed the egg, which they really shouldn't have shown. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, they shouldn't have shown any Xenomorph stuff in the previews or in no. the movie, for that matter. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, that's one thing. Like, it's a big hang up for me. No, it's it's fine. Y'all got them. Like, as I like, I went home and like I immediately like started watching clips from Alien on my phone. And it's just like, you know, that scene with, like, Harry Dean Stanton in the original and just how scary it is, and it's still scary to this day, how it just, like, droops down. And, like, the way it's shot, like, you can never really make out what it looks like. 
And this movie, like the whole time, you just see it all. It's like if Ridley Scott had CGI back then, this is how Alien would have looked. And that's terrible. You know, I, like, I disagree because we already know how the xenomorph looks a lot. Like we've seen it countless times by this point. And so his interests, you could tell, like it, his interest isn't in so much the xenomorph. It's in what the xenomorph came from, and that's David. And so you still get the big money shots, the big um, action set pieces with the xenomorph. And yeah, it doesn't look great. But um, there are individual moments where I, I think it looks creepy and striking. Like obviously the money shot in the trailer too, where it's bashing its head against the window and it does like that, that no. insectoid type stand. You don't think that's creepy? It's moving way too quick. I don't know. There's something about just the jerkiness of like old special effects that adds to the terror for me. Mm-hmm. Like where you can only really see flashes of it because if you show too much of it, you realize how fake it looks. Yeah. Um, Which they yeah is a problem with the the CG in this movie. They like, hold they hold too long on it. They hold way too long on it, and it's just it's acting in a way that wasn't really scary to me. Like. It, it it was more goofy. It was more just like it looked like a dude just with like his teeth showing, just hitting his head against the glass. <laughs> like I didn't think of like, oh shit, this is that und- this is the alien that you can't destroy with acid for blood. That's what like makes those things so scary is that like you can't do anything to them because the moment you do, you find up fucking yourself over. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes those aliens scary, but. Here it just there was just nothing. It just felt like it was just a weird like like a Wolverine kinda. You know? Like it was like very scrappy. Well like you know, like but like scrappy. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Which like alleviates the terror a little bit for me. Uh I wanna hop over back to the Neomorph really quick, but I also want to give a quick shout out to the scene where uh the, the survivors of the Covenant Ground team are making it to uh, Danny McBride's ship, who is, like, really good in this movie. He doesn't have a lot to do, but he, he's a quality actor, man. I didn't, I didn't expect that. Um, and the Xenomorph looks over, like, the, the plateau of the Necropolis, and they're running back to the ship, and it's like a shot straight out of Jurassic Park with the raptor looking at the kids. No? Yeah, sure. Not, not <laughs> your right, Well, that... I don't know why. I thought that looked great. I was, like giddy in my seat at that how scary that was to me i don't know man all right well i think i'm just sick of looking at the xenomorph that's fine so let's talk about the neomorph uh i love the way that thing moves it looks like a little of have you ever seen zaboomafu no actually no okay well it's about a, a lemur and he he's an educational lemur on pbs from back in the day it's like if okay. zaboomafu was a crackhead like that's how the neomorph looks to me. How does the the neomorph move differently than the xenomorph in this film? It looks more like a monkey. The xenomorph looks like a CGI creation. And the neomorph, obviously, too, but it, it feels more tangible to me for whatever reason. I don't know. They both felt very CGI to me, even in moments when they weren't CGI. <laughs> um. Uh, that that shot you mentioned when David's trying to like communicate with it, yeah, that's that's unsettling as fuck. And I I really wish that this movie just had the neomorphs. I I don't think the xenomorphs are necessary at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I could agree with that. And if they um, did have to have one, just have the one at the very end. If you had to do it, it you didn't need more than one. 
but yeah, you didn't need the double scare. Yeah, to drag uh, the fucking thing out. Yeah, just so really... you can shoot it out of the airlock again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you literally, didn't... I thought like, hey, they didn't shoot out of the airlock, and then they do. <laughs> and then they did. That's great. Uh, I I like what's happening in that scene because of what it means to David. Not so much what it if it's exciting for the audience because. By that point, the movie's like, all right, let's 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 wrap up. I'm still into it. Obviously, you are not, but uh, it was still mm. working for me. Uh, but then, when I thought about what it meant for David, he's watching like what he believes to be his best creation, facing off against um, this this crew of humans, and mm-hmm. he's like, it's really creepy. He's he's like so fascinated. And he's so into it, and he's he's helping uh, Daniels and Ten- Tennessee, right? Yeah, uh, along. And, and their their fight, but he's like, does he really want them to win, or is he just like playing with them, you know, and just like, mm-hmm. oh, let's see if this happens. Like, Michael Fassbender is so fucking good in this movie because he can communicate so much, just like with his posture and his eyes. Like, even back to the the opening scene with uh, Wayland, you can mm-hmm. tell, like, even in like his first couple minutes of being alive, he's like working things out in his head, you know, and so that carries over through the rest of the film, and that. That is that is a great performance for a great character by a great actor, and I, I am completely in love with Ridley Scott's fascination with uh, David. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a compliment or an insult. It felt his performance felt very like Data from Star Trek <laughs> to me. And I'm not like really saying that like in an insulting way or anything. It just that's what it reminded me of a lot. Um. Although he like he makes both of the androids very distinct, mm-hmm. which was enjoyable. Yeah, um, I, I really like that too. And he brought back his accent from the counselor for Walter, which yeah, I, which, which made me happy. Just me. I think it would have been hysterical if someone called the android out on trying an accent. Be <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, why are you doing that, man? It doesn't work. <laughs> oh yeah, because his accent's not the best. Like, um, like, 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 I get it because it's mostly Americans on this. You wanted to try an American accent, but buddy, just don't. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the best part of the movie, which is clearly the two like androids. The end? Okay, well, the end. But uh, the two androids. It's finite running time. Just talking to each other, and there's this weird, almost like sensual relationship at one point. Like, the lion isn't subtle again. Where uh, David tells and I'll Walter, let you know, the drunk college frat boys three rows ahead of me were very mature about all of this. Oh, clearly. With, uh, <laughs> I'll do the fingering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I must have loved that. It was... <sighs> um, I also have a little theory about uh, the two characters, because obviously Walter is quote-unquote killed, and David replaces him to get onto the ship of... If he's not dead and David just like inserted his own uh, consciousness into his body, I would be interested in seeing the two like have inner monologues with one another. Like just Michael Fassman is talking like David in one second and then. Okay. The, you know what? It's weird you bring, you know? it's weird you bring that up because, all right, I was, I, I, you might have to cut this because I like can't elaborate on it enough. Um, but I have a short story collection by George R. R. Martin, 
Um, and one of the stories in it is a story called Night Flyers. And it's a science fiction horror film. I mean, horror story. Um, and reading it, there were a lot of parallels to Prometheus. <laughs> including there is a planet in it called Prometheus. Um, and it was very bizarre to read. And then that you mentioned this, that that's actually the twist at the end of the story is that there's an artificial intelligence that is actually multiple consciousness. Wow. Consciousnesses. Um, and literally like stuff was happening in it that made me go, did really Scott read this? <laughs> Cause they're also looking for like gods that created or that passed by earth during the time of Jesus Christ. Wow. That is shockingly similar in nature. Like, it really made me go like, I think really Scott might have read this. <laughs> well, he's a George R. R. Martin fan. Who isn't these days? I guess, yeah. He's clearly a fan of the film This Is The End because he cast two of the actors from it. <laughs> That's like just my fucking favorite thing ever now. You're going to look at like the trajectory of Danny McBride and James Franco's performances together. And then randomly mm. it's going to be Alien Covenant like after Pineapple Express and This yeah. Is The End. But, well, it's great. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Um, okay, so the ending is the best part of the movie to you. Why? Because um, it's over. Want to try again? Um, no, all right. <laughs> well, I love, I really do like the sting at the end of now David has access to all these, you know, cryogenically frozen people. And he plays the really on the nose Wagner song. And, and you know, that's a good ending. That's how you end a horror, like, if you're, when you read, like, a Stephen King short story and, like, the last paragraph suddenly makes you go, like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's how you end a movie like this. Mm-hmm. It's just the journey there was not super interesting. I can respect that. Um, I mean, I just, the, the, the philosophy of the movie wasn't interesting. The characters weren't interesting. Like, I really don't care about seeing the girl or Danny McBride ever again. Like Danny McBride gave a good, like through no fault of either of the actors, like like none of the actors do a bad job. They're just not given enough. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple moments where they're each given something and they, they get a moment to shine and they do a good job, but there's not enough to make me go like, hey, can't wait to see him again. And it just made me want to go home and watch Alien. Because like, that's a great movie. That is a great movie. There's three wanna... great alien movies. There's three, exactly, and no more. Uh, and... I still really like this one, and it's 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 not as close to Alien Three as maybe I hoped it would be, but it's it's up there for me. So, like, I will say, all there's four movies, good ones now. All these movies just made me appreciate Alien Three even more, because <laughs> at least in Alien Three doesn't get shot out of a goddamn airlock. Oh my god, that's the only one where it doesn't, huh? Yeah. Holy fuck. And Prometheus doesn't even have a xenomorph, so that doesn't count, right? Yeah, that doesn't count. Fuck, that's crazy. That's like the Death Star complaint for Star Wars, even though it's only in three movies out of like ten or whatever. Well, you know what it's really like? It's like in Jaws, every movie except Jaws 2, the shark blows up. Oh, fuck. Right. Like that's it. Like Jaws Two is the only one where someone got a little creative and be like, "Hey, let's electrocute the shark." 
<laughs> which I think they only did because it originally blew up in the ending and the effect didn't work. So they had to change it. This actually, you know I'm, what? These movies, these movies made me think a lot about Jaws. And how so I was they thinking, get like, progressively worse. Well, let's say they make a movie like this year called like Jaws Covenant. And it's set like in the past. And we like discover these like we these these time travelers and they went back in time to the age of the dinosaurs and they ended up creating sharks. <laughs> <laughs> and then we learn like all this backstory about like the egomaniac behind sharks who like wanted to be the devil. Because in Jaws, the advertisement for Jaws, they say a shark is as if Jaws created the as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. That's the slogan from the trailer. Wow. And then we go through human history, and it turned out Jesus Christ was actually a shark. (laughs) And because he got crucified, he ended up being really pissed. So a bunch of sharks decided to sink the Indianapolis. (laughs) (laughs) And then we see that whole movie. Except we learn, like, that the the Indianapolis disaster was, like, engineered (laughs) by (laughs) genetically created sharks. And then we learned that one shark that the one shark that got away from that was the shark in Jaws. <laughs> like, doesn't that wow, improve so, Jaws so much? No, no, God, no. And I wouldn't say that this this improves Alien or lessens it for me. It, it simply is another movie that I really like in the franchise. Uh, so they're probably going to make another one of these, at least one more. I know Ridley Scott wants to make like a dozen or whatever. Really, Scott is like about to drop dead like any moment. You know, that's why I want him to keep making these for as long as humanly possible for him. I, I hope know, he dies like on him. the set. Oh, no. That's what he deserves at this point. Oh, no way. I'm sorry. No, just... no, no, no. Go, go, go back to your other slogan, uh, Ridley Scott, retire, bitch. Ridley Scott, retire, bitch, and then die. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. Um, All right, Ridley Scott, the... just get a guy that stands next to Ridley Scott. And whenever he starts going off, like pontificating about the nature of gods and mortals, just slap him. Well, yeah, I, I have a, a theory about that too. Like, I think it's just a, I mean, this happened before Blade Runner too, when his brother died then and Blade mm. Runner like reeks of sadness and like loneliness. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I think to varying degrees of success since the passing of Tony Scott, I think he's really been questioning his own ideas of faith and mortality. Oh yeah, no, life, you know. I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I was just going to talk it up, chalk it up to like you know midlife crisis. No, um, no. At the end of his life, but no, that does make a lot of sense. But it, it feels like a guy, like I wouldn't consider that a compliment because it feels like a guy who's never really asked these questions before, asking them really late in life and not totally thinking about it. And maybe that is the case, but because people I, have asked much, like these these are ideas, these are well trotted paths in like fiction, and literature, and film, and they're not really challenging or that interesting. And I, whatever, I'm glad he's going on his spiritual journey, but it does nothing for me, and it does a whole lot for me. No, it doesn't. Oh my god, you have no idea. I I like it the more I think about it and I cannot wait You're to watch rewatch it. You're going to rewatch it and it's oh going to bug you. No. It's going to it's going to be painful to rewatch. No, it's not it's not Alien Resurrection. This is this is the good stuff. When did you realize Prometheus wasn't that good? 
Uh, I I didn't like Prometheus nearly as much as I hoped I would, and I finally saw it. And then okay. I, I like it more in theory than I, I ever do when I watch it. I like, oh yeah, no, I like Prometheus a lot. And then I sit down and watch it. I'm like, oh yeah, it's it, it keeps me like at a distance. It's like someone I care about a lot, but they're like, no, 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 I then like they'll do something that annoys me, and I'll be like, I still like you, but don't do that again. But you know? ser- but but I, seriously, other than David, like, do you really want to revisit these characters? Uh, I actually really like uh, Daniel, and even though the other characters just have like one personality trait, even if it doesn't full like uh, she has become, like, two. <laughs> I yeah, I, I like him well enough, but I like the ideas more, and I like Walter and David a whole lot. Yeah. Like, Whatever. I, I I don't know. I make like the hard eyes emojis whenever David's on screen now. Well, I don't like him. I think he's a real creepy asshole. No, no, I mean, like, as a as a horror creation, like, that's a fascinating villain, you know? I do, but he's also, like, he's so creepy. Like, I, I, like this is, like, parts that I like. He's, like, so genuinely creepy. He's not really, like, like, he's not like Anton Chigurh where, like, I think about that character a lot, just how intense that character is. Mm-hmm. It's more like fucking Noah Cross in Chinatown, you know? Like, just the most disgusting human being ever. And he's not even human. And he's not even human. Yeah. yeah uh, like... Oh, I, I really like that the... Even though they don't they don't go fully formed with it again, because obviously they don't have any more of, of Giger's designs, really Scott still understands that the, the gender politics of the Alien franchise need, like, to be a consistent through line. And so there's this really horrifying moment where David uh, powers himself over Daniel's and it's it's really, really I think that unsettling. was unnecessary. I would be open I honestly, to not I think, it in the movie, but it, I it, think it's, it's really unsettling. using like you know sexual assault and rape imagery for really kind of cheap like get it, and you didn't need it. You could have done that in different ways. Mm-hmm. And this is already a movie about being violated. I mean, all the alien films are about being violated. Yeah. You didn't need it. Mm-hmm. You could have just grabbed her or something. Like, that's you don't need. You just need him backing her into a corner, really. Yeah. Maybe I, I just, more there. Yeah, I really do. I think that... Because it, like, it wasn't, like, creepy in a, like, you know... Where you get that he could do something like that. It was like, oh, he is doing something. Mm-hmm. Like that, and then you're like, I'm not. Why am I watching this? <laughs> it's not like I don't know. I I felt that maybe crossed the line a little bit. That's that's fair. Yeah, that's um, that's, um, that's obviously a very important topic. Cause, and cause, it's not properly, you're kind of just using it for. Shock. No offense to like you know the great gender politics of this franchise, but I think that James Cameron probably has a little more to do with that than Ridley Scott. Oh yeah. I think Ridley Scott was smart enough to make, you know, a woman. I think, but I think it was more just because Ridley Scott was kind of really infatuated with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when he made Alien, which is what he's like, which is what he basically said he was trying to emulate. Mm-hmm. Said he wanted to make Texas Chainsaw in space. And I think that's the main reason why we have a final girl. I mean, because like literally Alien ends up, I mean, at the, in, at the end of Alien, you know, She's in her underwear. Yeah, it's not a. Uh, it's not exactly subtle. Yeah, and it's not a. Uh, 
it's an empowering moment. Yeah, that's the word. It, it's it's um, awkward for sure. And I mean, and say what you want about James Cameron falling back on like maternal shit, which you know has its own kind of can of worms when it comes to like why do so many empowered women always have to be the about the fact that they give birth? Mm-hmm. You know, like can't they can it be a little more dynamic? But but then by the time you get to Alien Three, like she's a total like just fucking unstoppable character. <laughs> Like I think he's trying to keep that tradition going, but not really understanding how. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't know. I've never seen Thelma and Louise, oh. so um, I don't know how Ridley Scott really comes across when it comes to like gender politics in his film. Just based on some of the stuff I've seen, he's he's never been super great. But you haven't seen The Counselor. But that's not. There's not. There's definitely not. <laughs> female empowerment going on in that film. Um, as much as the film maybe thinks it has in female <laughs> empowerment in it, that's not what that is. <laughs> uh, that's like a, a horror movie in its own right, but I would love to talk about The Counselor some other time too. Um, What's her face? What's the girl's name in it? Cameron Diaz. Um, Cameron Diaz fucks a car. Uh, car windshields. So no, she fucks the car. <laughs> That's what they say. Javier Bardem's in it. Javier Bardem's great. Oh my god. Okay, so you know how that's like uh, Ridley Scott's Tony Scott movie? Sure. Okay. It's totally Tony Scott would have made the shit out of that movie. God rest his soul. Yeah, you're, you're um, probably right. Uh, I would have killed to have seen what a Tony Scott alien movie would have looked like. I wouldn't. No. Look, I love Tony Scott. I think Tony Scott is really underrated. Except for Top Gun, which is not a good movie. It's like the I, Space Jam of the 80s. Yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's funny that that exists, and that's where the joke but, ends. But Tony Scott's like such his own voice, I just, you know, keep, stick to his thing. You know, I don't want a Tony Scott alien film. I don't want a Ridley Scott alien film, apparently. <laughs> um, I don't want another James Cameron one. I'd maybe want to give it to David Fincher again just to see him basically hate fuck the audience. <laughs> just out of spite. Oh my god, but, what would that even be like? I would oh I'd be there day one, opening line. The whole Sabrina. Here's a here's a novel idea. Give the alien franchise to a woman. Okay, yeah. Like all women. Like have women happen. write it, have women direct it. Just that's what I want. There, if you're gonna make another alien film, fucking have women make it. Well, Ridley Scott has compared this to a, a possible Star Wars level franchise. Like they really want this to be like it's another not big franchise for Fox. And no, it it, it isn't. It isn't. But here's the thing: the 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 Alien Five you are dreading. Ridley Scott, as much as he blocked it from happening recently, will be the main driving force behind it happening. Please don't. He's going to produce it at some point. And he's going to get a deeply untalented director to make it. Mm-hmm. Like whoever, so whoever just got picked, whoever did the Beauty and the Beast movie. Oh, fuck. We'll do it. So Did you watch that? Fuck no. All right, I did. God damn, did you see those I, trailers? I did. And I, I didn't think it looked good. What do I know? All those Disney... Other than Jungle Book. I like Jungle Book. That was hey, about Cinderella it. Cinderella was good. No, it wasn't. What the fuck? 
we're no, we're not getting into that. But I will say that Beauty and the Beast would have been exponentially better if uh, a Xenomorph burst out of Beast's chest and it was just like some weird oh fuck yeah Xenomorph hybrid. I gotta watch that movie. There you go. The next alien film shouldn't be an alien movie. No, it should be just, another Prometheus style thing. No, no, just like fucking like a Pineapple Express too. And <laughs> the whole movie. It's like Pineapple Express too, and then out of fucking nowhere, in the third act, fucking the alien shows up. <laughs> That's what the next alien movie should be. Is the alien hunting them down, or is it just chilling and smoking weed? No, it just shows up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like James Franco's like, I think I smoked some bad shit. Blah! And then it bursts out of him. <laughs> Don't explain how it happened. <laughs> just do it. That's the next Alien movie. I would be on board with that. Um, you know, yeah, you, you jest, but that sounds like the Predator setup. Like how every Predator movie is another movie before becoming a Predator movie. Like Predators yeah. is like Commando, and then it's the, the Predator shows up. So like you do yeah. different genres of movies, and then the alien bursts out of someone. Yeah, and Predator 2 should have been like, you know, kind of like a dirty, hairy movie. They kind of fucked it up. Yeah, Pre- but... it's a... That's a weird movie because that's like the natural like continuation, and then they just like in tone and like idea wise for a predator movie, and then this yeah, movie just, just kind of sucks. It's just off enough to make it a bad movie. Yeah, like so. Yeah. Well, would I'd you say looking... Alien Covenant is a bad movie? No, I really wouldn't. Like as much as I was just shitting on it constantly, like I didn't hate it. Like it just left no, no impression on me. Like, I very much just left the movie going like, yeah, like, it's kind of like the red letter media saying, it's like being dead for 90 minutes, except you're eating popcorn. Would you recommend Alien Covenant? Um, only if you, like, tolerated Prometheus. If you didn't see Prometheus, don't go, because you won't know what the fuck's happening. Um... I'm really glad I rewatched Prometheus just so I knew what was going on. Uh, yeah, uh, I, the two you need to watch beforehand are Prometheus and Alien. Hmm. At least the fact I, that like I, Alien like is even connected to this. Alien is just such a perfect movie, and just they keep fucking fucking it up. James Cameron was smart in his only decision being just to make it bigger. Like that's all it really should have been. Do you think it's a, a symptom of like everyone thinking bigger is better, so they keep doing bigger alien movies? Well, they're not getting bigger. I don't think they are. I just think it's a. I just think it's people. I just think it's audiences not knowing what they want. Hmm. Like everyone thinks they want another alien movie, and you really don't. Like I mean, like do you really need to see another one? Like, really like think this, about it. Like, like for me, because I, I ended up liking this movie a lot. Mm. If they, they follow this trajectory more or less and keep throwing out these big ideas, whether or not they're fully fleshed out or otherwise, um, I'll be on board with it. Even if it's like Prometheus style, I won't say mishaps, but like kind of a mess. I will also be on board with it because it's at least ambitious, you know? It doesn't feel lazy to me. I, I could never criticize at least this current iteration of the franchise for being lazy. Like, Alien no, I wouldn't record. say that either. 
Um, I just don't, like I just nothing about it makes me go. I want to see like I especially don't want to see another xenomorph. Like I kind of want to see David again, but even then, it feels like I'd rather read a book about David than see a movie. Which brings me to my final point. Um, so there's there will be a third one. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get that green light sooner or later. And if they don't focus on David, that's that's a bigger misstep than including the Xenomorph in this movie. Um, I have a theory on how David's little series is going to end. And it's with him, you know, obviously creating a queen or something like that. And then um, he'll get taken down through Xenomorphs turning on him or someone killing him or maybe Walter overtakes him and sacrifices, whatever, you know. Uh, but his like last gesture is going to be uploading a bunch of engineer ships with a bunch of alien eggs, and just launching them throughout space. And then he'll quote uh, Ozymandias, Mandias, whatever. Ozymandias. Ozymandias. And then he'll quote that again. And then that'll be it. And then you have infinite alien spinoffs forever after that. And then Raymond Burr will show up and look directly into the camera and go, is man the true monster? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Because these movies are about as deep as a creature from the Black Lagoon sequel. Oh, get off me. It's, I, I think you're underselling these movies a little bit. I'd rather watch The Creature Walks Among Us, which is when someone got the bright idea to give the creature from the Black Lagoon lungs. Is that real? I, I've never heard of that. It's, it's the last one. And the movie ends with the creature walking into the ocean because he he doesn't realize he can't breathe in the ocean and he dies. Wow. And then, and then they go, is man the true monster? That's, is that the last line of the movie? I don't think they actually say it, but that's how all those movies ended. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Um, the problem is with your theory is that, I mean, the studio just wants more xenomorphs. They don't really give a fuck what Ridley Scott. And the moment they realize Ridley Scott's not bringing in the dough, they're fucking shit canning him off this franchise. Mm-hmm. And they're giving it to Brett Ratner. Oh, fuck, don't. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't say that. That's horrible. That, that like, might literally be worse all than we're waiting for. All we're waiting for is this franchise to really just get even worse, which is all it's going to get. You know what? If the, if I didn't like this as much as I do, and if I liked it less than like Prometheus, like as much as Alien Resurrection, I would totally understand where you're coming from. But I liked it, so I don't. So go away. Just kidding. Well, you're you're being tricked. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel confident in, in my I mean, decision. But I'm laughing at you. But keep in mind, I'm, you're going to be laughing at me by the time Star Wars Episode Nine comes out. No, we're on the same page with that one. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, we're doomed. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh God, they are. Oh fuck, they're gonna give Alien Five to Colin Trevorrow. Oh please no. He's like the perfect asshole. <laughs> fuck it up. I loved his characterization of all the women in Jurassic World. Yeah, get get ready for him to write Ripley. Oh fuck no! Oh my God. He just has Hicks be the hero of the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking give Hicks a motorcycle. Bullshit. Now he's got a character. And then he rides alongside the xenomorphs. 
Oh, fuck me. That's the other thing. That's like the last. When that finally happens and the Xenomorphs are like friendly, that's when it's done. And you know it'll happen at some point. I was joking, but if it ever happens, I, I will never watch another Alien movie again. It's going to happen. Fuck, no. So like that the Predators, sh- I get. The Predators mm. teaming up with the humans, I get. Mm. That, that, would, that would turn me off to the franchise forever. That would, that would kill it for me. It's going to happen. That would be the most utterly misguided step maybe in like a movie history. It probably would be, but it'll have. They made the Raptors friendly in Jurassic World. I mean, fuck. And somehow, they, like, we didn't fucking riot. Like, there's no universe where that should have been an acceptable idea. You know, that's like so far and away my biggest, like, my least big problem with the that movie. That like, I'm whatever. That's what's shocking. That should be the biggest problem, <laughs> and it it really isn't. All right, well we're we're going on Jurassic World tangents now. Any last thoughts on Alien Covenant, the Alien franchise again? Because this is going to be the last one until we hop over to AVP. Yeah, um, check it out. You might like it. I didn't, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I I really liked it. I I think I even loved it. Like I'm. I'm infatuated with it right now, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. And David is fucking horrifying. So, if you like scary robots, this is it. If you like the Xenomorph, and you're expecting a regular Xenomorph movie, you'll, you'll get it at the end. But it kind of doesn't work on its own. So, and if you are expecting that, please stop asking for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please let them be different. Because you will ruin this franchise eventually. And if you want the sequel to Aliens that erases Alien 3 and 4, also stop asking for that because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You, you are just that you are wrong. Yeah, this, there's no debate here. Uh, this, is not, this is not subjective. <laughs> you, you are wrong. You think you want it. Here's the thing. You think you want it, and then you're going to get it, and you're not going to like it. It's, uh, this is a fact. It's, it's, it, you thought you wanted a fourth Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> You people are always wrong. <laughs> yeah, and right now you think you want another Blade Runner movie. <laughs> We're about to find out how that's going to play out. Art is subjective. So subjectively. But I'm always right. Yeah, Matt is always right, obviously. Now, to paraphrase our good friend Shannon, art is subjective, and subjectively this would be the worst thing to ever happen to movies. So, Yeah. That's not- but Alien Covenant, a thumbs up and a thumbs down to steal from someone else and um from two matt, dead guys, two dead guys. They won't matt, mind. matt where can the people find you um on twitter at emperor otn and, and that's can, it you can find me on twitter at d-e-double-g-o waffles president diego um links to everything i do on my twitter at one point or another i won't barrage this podcast with all my my links and attributes Matt, thanks again for joining me for another episode of an Alien Retrospective. Maybe if we're lucky, we will have a film that we can agree on to yeah, end it, it on. <laughs> that, that would be great. That we but, both uh, just love. I'd, I'd really like, I really wanted to come out of this like gushing, especially because you were gushing about it and it just I'm didn't happen. Guessing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe the third one because, okay, did you like this better than Prometheus? Yeah. 
right. So maybe the um, next one will be, you know, maybe more your cup of tea too. Um, no, but all right. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe. If you didn't like, like, subscribe. Anyways, you might find something to do like. We have been professionally unprofessional.